are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. <laughs> I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is Michael Always at the ready. I never know when you're going to throw me like that, but, but here we are. Just like point with the whoa. Let's like let's go. Oh man, we're having fun already. We haven't even started the episode. That's the way it goes. Uh, what is up, man? How are you? I'm well. It's Monday, August 10th. That's right. Usually we're in the middle of a busy back to school scooter season, and maybe we'll see what happens. We're here for it. We're ready. Tyler, is school going to start on time? I don't know. Coming from somebody who has a teenager, I want to know the same thing. Right. Like, ah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's, <laughs> well, and more importantly, we're going to have a football season. That's what everybody Tyler, we're going to have know. a football season? I really we're going to get all so. the answers tonight from Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll bring all the answers. Tyler, tell us, tell us everything. We're going to have a football season? Um, I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hope is not the answer I was going for, Tyler. Yes. Yes, uh, we are going to have a football season. <laughs> today on the show, you guys, we have the owner and founder of Swamp City Gallery Lounge, Tyler King. Tyler, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How you been? Doing all right? I've been we're doing all, all right. We're all loose and having fun tonight. <laughs> so, Tyler, man, we so we like to start, I'm, I'm really excited about this episode because I'm just gonna go out, go ahead and kind of place this place this up front. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of people are gonna be like, really? Like, isn't isn't this like weed focused? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's like CBD. <laughs> like you hear all, you, you hear all yeah. these terms like yeah. CBD and like yeah. you know cannabis and like the upcoming cannabis you know yeah. companies and all this sort of stuff. So I'm really interested to get into this episode and and I wanted to intentionally like have this episode. I want to be like, all right, like like let's find out the truth. Like let's have a real conversation. Let's get educated Absolutely. by Tyler King, right? So uh, but before we do that, I'm really curious to kind of just dive right in, hear a little bit of your story, mm-hmm. how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, born and raised in Gainesville, ACR um, baby, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, grew up on <laughs> grew up on Noonan's Lake. Um, so I kind of shrink it down. I could give I could give you a long version, but we'll be here all night. Um, <laughs> so uh, basically, my passion um, in in cannabis started back in middle school. Believe it or not, I was going to Fort Clark Middle School, um, seventh grade science fair project. I decided to do my science fair project on the medicinal benefits of cannabis. And this is back, you know, I graduated in 05. So this is before legalization was ever thought of in, um, in Florida by far. Was just starting out on the West Coast. So it was very taboo, so to speak. Um, Can I stop you right there yeah. real quick? I, I, like, I want you to tell your story. <laughs> I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll apologize in advance if I interrupt it throughout this. But like, why in the seventh grade did you even have like a curiosity about cannabis you know do you have any I, I have no idea honestly I'll be I'll be honest with you like um you know my my mom you know was was kind of a hippie growing up but not really you know it wasn't like I grew up around it or anything like that um you know I had heard stories being out on Noonan's Lake I'd always heard stories of the famous Gainesville Green stuff like that Micanopy Madness all these notorious strains and I never really knew why it piqued my interest but then once I dove in I was like man I'm gonna make a living out of this this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of my life um and uh, did you know that in seventh grade yeah I had I had a pretty good inclination in seventh grade that's what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was, uh, um, there was two things. It was either I wanted to be a mechanic, which, you know, you work on scooters, so you understand that. I went to school um, to be an auto mechanic. Um, so it was either be a mechanic or, you know, be in the cannabis industry. And, um, you know, I did that seventh grade science fair project and they called a PTA meeting to have my, my mom come in and tell her about how much of a deadbeat I was going to be and I wasn't going to amount to anything because I'm decided to do my project on medical cannabis and obviously I'm a pothead quote unquote 
And um, please tell me you won the science fair. I got a B plus on my science <laughs> fair project. My science teacher uh, will see one of these episodes one day and will come out. <laughs> so get, got a B plus. She was the only one that didn't uh, ridicule me for it um, because uh, there was actual science. I mean, it was it was very minuscule back then, um, but there was science about it. Um, it was like I said, legalization. It was just starting on the West Coast and stuff like that. So, um, you know. I, I did that science fair project and that's what really piqued my interest. And then, you know, for the next, uh, I don't know, 10 years or so, I was just a juvenile kid, you know, smoking with his friends and experimenting, you know, in ways that you're not supposed to. Business you know. research. Yeah, biz, R&D, absolutely, right, right. R&D. <laughs> um, and uh, fast forward um, to, um, I'd say, I'd say when I was about 15, I started really diving in. I started uh, um, being an avid cannabis user. Um, then when I was 21, I was in a construction um, injury. I was in an accident um, while working down in Tampa and I had a piece of pipe fall on me and I blew out three of my lower disc in my back, L2 through L5. And so I was dealing with the uh, uh, pain management, you know, the prescriptions, this, that, and the other. And I found a lot of relief in cannabis. Um, and it, and it was prescribed to you? No, pr the cannabis was not prescribed at all. So, but this was before this was before legalization was legal, okay. or anything. So I found technically illegal relief, you know, um, in cannabis. But I was being pushed on by all these hard pharmaceuticals and stuff that made me feel like a ghost of myself, made me feel like somebody who I wasn't. So I realized I was like, man, there's really something to this. You know, I hadn't, before I was just kind of smoking with my buddies, but this, I had actually used it for my own relief instead of just reading it in a book. Um, and then that's when I started being an avis, avid cannabis user and I guess you could say activist, you know, pushing for legalization and so on and so forth. Started reading about people in California, you know, Jack Harar, Dr. Grimspoon, all these famous activists and growers and cultivators. Um, and then uh, I got it, and it, I got an, um, an option or basically a friend of mine had moved out to California and was gonna start up a dispensary. And this was, you know, I'm jumping around here, but basically 2011 was when I got the opportunity to move out to California and legally pursue my passion in cannabis. Um, so I ripped up everything I knew, every, you know, and I moved all the way across the country. What year was this? Uh, 2011, late 2011, going okay. on 2012. So I moved uh, all the way out to California, lived in Brentwood up near the Bay Area. Um, and started being a delivery driver for a dispensary, driving around delivering cannabis to different uh, patients in the area. And I got to see it firsthand when I was delivering to these people, um, the change that I could see within five to 10 minutes, like I would bring them their medicine. Uh, a lot of them would have cerebral palsy or you know something, uh, you know ALS, something where they could barely walk or talk. And I'd come in and give them to their caretaker or to them. And within 10 or 15 minutes, I, they would become a completely normal person like me or you. Um, you wouldn't know they had any ailments. Hmm. So that even further opened my eyes and I was like, man, this is nothing short of a miracle. You know, and, um, and I said, you know what, we, you know, we're gonna start our own company. So um, out there in 2012, early 2012, after delivering for other companies for about six or eight months, um, I started uh, Alchemy, of Alchemy of Cannabis, which is a delivery service in Brentwood. Um, started it up with a partner of mine and uh, we had a great success. We had over 300 patients. We were delivering all over the Bay Area. Um, needless to say, you know, you, you need to figure out who your partners are before you go into business with them because money changes people. Um, and I ended up having to sue my business partner. Mm. Um, I won the lawsuit, but never got paid. Um, but you know, the, I got the, the pivotal point of this. I got to legally pursue my passion. I got to further my knowledge. I got to witness the miracle firsthand and I was able to bring that back home to Florida because come 2014, after being out there for about two, two and a half years, um, I got wind that Florida was finally talking about legalizing cannabis. So I said, you know what, you know, maybe it's time to go back home and get on the 
on the front line instead of being on the back because it, it got legalized medically out in California in 96. So, you know, I was on the tail end of it. When did it happen in Florida? Uh, so medically in 2016, low THC, which is CBD, you know, or low THC was technically legalized in 2014. Yeah. So I came home in 2014, started rallying, printed out 100 shirts, went up to Tallahassee, talked to the people up there, started helping out and lobbying. Um, unfortunately, uh, it did not pass in 2014, and we got um, um, 60% of the vote, actually 58% of the vote, which is a majority if I'm not mistaken, right? So we got 58% of the vote for legalization, but due to Florida and Florida being Florida, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a super majority clause. So you have to have over 60% if you wanted to pass uh, cannabis legalization or medical cannabis in the state of Florida. So even though we got 58%, no legalization, uh, Governor Rick Scott at the time did legalize and pass through the Charlotte's Web Bill, which legalized for low THC. But um, as far as full strength med medical cannabis, uh, it wouldn't be for another two years until it was back on the ballot. And then in 2016, we blew it out the water with the highest percentage of any state for a medical cannabis vote, 72.3% in, in favor. Okay. So you can't, you can't really uh, argue with that number, so. <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, my first is, what was the hypothesis of your science project? <laughs> Man, I'd be lying if I said I knew exactly, but basically it was to, uh, it, I, I specifically remember that the, a lot of the studies back then was um, for um, heart disease and basically it was proven that it could lower your blood pressure, um, help with the heart and actually help with, believe it or not, help with uh, lungs like um, your bronchial tubes and bronchial dilators. So is this true? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, there's there's been studies, uh, numerous studies since then proving it. Okay. So, and uh, so when I moved back in 2014, I said, you know, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, I want to do what I did out in California here. Uh, my hometown doesn't have anything like that. We need something like that. So come you know 2014, couldn't do it. Um, I started a uh, another business, which you know, I, um, which I do besides Swamp City, which is Gainesville Green Blasting, which is a mobile sandblasting company. But I did that to play off of. Um, the, the notorious strain, Gainesville Green. So we're Gainesville Green Blasting because we use eco-friendly material, but it's green. So we played off of that. And basically that was the way of me twiddling my finger, fingers and not having idle hands for, for two years while I figured out what I was gonna do. And then in 2016, it went legal um, medical cannabis. And I was like, man, I'm gonna open the dispensaries. Finally, my dreams are gonna come true to do this in my home state. Well, Florida being Florida, um, <laughs> uh, they they made it to where none of the little guys, no mom and pops or anything, could get in the industry. Um, basically, to you know, make a long story short, just to apply to have a dispensary in the state of Florida is a sixty-eight thousand dollar non-refundable application fee. Mm. That's just the application fee. They've taken over twelve different applicants' application fee and not given them a uh, a dispensary license. So they've made ton of money off of just not giving out license. So um, basically the, the industry in Florida is monopolized. You have a seed to sell. You have to be a millionaire with millions in bonds. You have to own the property, own the stores, cultivate, own the houses. It's vertical integrated. So there's no, it's not a competitive market, so to speak. I mean, it's great because we're bringing access to our, the people in Florida who need it um, and it's legal. Um, but it, it sucks in the aspect that it's not a competitive market and there's no room for people like myself to get in at the medical cannabis level, which is why when I realized that, I said, hey, I'm not gonna, just gonna sit here and be idle. So I started digging into CBD and the legalities of the CBD and I had um, played with CBD out when we were doing uh, the dispensary out in California and we had some CBD strains, but it wasn't really popular. Everybody wanted the stuff that quote unquote gets you high. So nobody was really worried about CBD back then. Um, but with um, the little girl named Charlotte and Charlotte's Web, she was one that kind of opened everybody's eyes to CBD. Um, Sanjay Gupta did a uh, thing on um, CNN, it was called Weed. And it was basically all about Charlotte and her story. And it, it took this little girl from having 300 grandma seizures a day to having like two a month off of just CBD oil. And if that doesn't like 
you know, like open your eyes, I don't know what will. So it obviously opened our governor's eyes and that's why he legalized it. And I said, you know what, there's, you know, there's something to this. CBD is cannabis, cannabis is CBD, hemp is cannabis, it's all cannabis, it's just different varieties. Um, and that's what I wanted to do. So I decided to pivot and think, and I, I've always wanted to uh, open a, when I was out there, I wanted to open a glass gallery that kind of involved art and cannabis. So I decided I'm going to open a CBD lounge and an art gallery. And that's what I did. And that's when uh, in late uh, 2016, Swamp City, the idea was born. Um, and then I started traveling around doing events before we were ever brick and mortar. Um, and then in late 2016, 17, we found our first location. It took about six months of remodels, an old Victorian house, awesome house, um, put a lot of time and money into that place. And then um, in 2018, spring 2018, we officially opened um, Swamp City Gallery Lounge was a thing. And basically our whole goal and our whole uh, slogan and mantra is basically it's, it's, a, it's a peaceful environment for like-minded individuals to come together and expand on creative concepts. So we're using art and music and all these other things that everybody enjoys from all walks of life to bring them together and educate them on cannabis. And maybe cannabis is something they already desire and they already like. So that's the, another catalyst to bridge all these dem demographics. So basically, you know, what Swamp City is, is a place where you can come in and, and whether you enjoy art, you enjoy beer, because we do beer and wine, you enjoy music, because we do live music, or you enjoy cannabis, um, you can come in and hang out with other people who enjoy similar things without um, fear of discrimination or hate. So, and that's, that's, you know, I felt like Gainesville really needed that. And I was, I'm honored that I could provide that for my hometown. It's cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of fascinated. I'm just kind of sitting back like listening and I'm like, dang. Um, you know, it, it's funny because like, I'm just, I'm just going to be straight with you. Be blunt with me. No, I'll, I'll, no I'll, pun I'll, intended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I never smoked weed in my life, right? Yeah. Um, I, I actually kind of hesitated even having this episode. Absolutely. Hey, man, I deal with that everywhere I go. <laughs> uh, and so that, that's where my question's coming yeah. from, right? Yeah. That's where that's where this is kind of this is this is actually why I wanted to have the episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Straight up, because one of the things that I continue to to do for myself is push outside the comfort zones, bring up the conversations that a lot of people might not be comfortable having. Absolutely. And, and really like, sh I don't know, like a shoot down is the right word, but like dispel the, the, the preconceived notions or perceptions that people have of certain Absolutely. things, right? Like it's, it's kind of like, okay, so let's just have, let's just have a real conversation about it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, when I hear things like CBD, I think weed. Yeah. Right. Is that, that's pretty and, common. No, you should. And, and a lot of people get that confused. They think CBD is something different, but it's not. It's all cannabis. And okay. the, the easiest way to explain it to people is like a dog is a dog, right? But you got pit bulls, you've got, you know, you've got. So it's a mutts. different, it's, it's a, a different, different breed. breed. Okay. Absolutely. So what are the most common misconceptions that people have about CBD oil? Um, they think it's a different plant. Um, they think that it's derived from hemp and it is derived from hemp, but all hemp is is a definition of a cannabis plant that contains less than 0.3% THC. So it is cannabis. And so when you tell people that they're like, whoa, I'm not smoking weed, I'm smoking CBD or, you know, you're doing CBD oil and you are, you are using cannabis and it's all the same plant, but it is just different varieties and different breeds. Um, and this, the new CBD strains that we are seeing is, is through selective breeding. Basically these growers found strains that had higher CBD and lower THC and they said, Hey, we're going to breed CBD even mean? Uh, cannabis. So it stands for cannabidiol which is a, one of the main compounds in in cannabis. So you have THC and CBD, those What's are like- THC stand for? So tetrahydrocannabinol. Tetrahydro so, mm -hmm. so basically, um, THC is- Do what, you know all this? Do you know some of it? Should, should I admit that? Yeah, I, mean, like, I wanna know. <laughs> no, I mean, I probably couldn't have told you like the, the exact uh, definition of it, but yeah, I mean, I'm following. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, it, it, and THC is Sarah, what- Sarah, do you it, know this? <laughs> James, yeah, so, I, okay. I see him nodding his head okay, the whole like, time. So so. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm like asking people in the room, like, what did? 
I'm kind of. I, I have mean, a drug I'm really test on my desk tomorrow. Stand on this, like I don't know. So THC okay. is basically what everybody correlates with weed. That's what gets you high. It's what makes you silly. It's what gives you the munchies. What's making you know sleepy, hungry, happy, sleepy is what we call it. <laughs> so, but you know, CBD doesn't really do any of those psychoactive effects. It doesn't make you cloudy. It doesn't intoxicate you. What it does do is help with inflammation, tinnitus, arthritis, um, stress, anxiety. Basically, any natural ailment that your body has is going to go in there and help your body heal itself in a more efficient way. And it's not a drug. It's not a uh, it's not something that you're putting in your body that your body doesn't know what to do with, like a pharmaceutical or something like that that has a bunch of nasty side effects. Um, scientists just in the past three or four years discovered a um, system, a whole new system in the body called the endocannabinoid system. And basically we have receptors in our brain called the CB1 and CB2 receptors. And when we smoke or ingest or any of these things of cannabis, the uh, compounds, go in there and they attach to these receptors and they ask in different ways and they help our body basically like with the CBD and and you have tons of other uh, compounds, CBG, CBN, CBC, and we're just starting to study those. But the two most known are THC and CBD. And CBD is huge for anti-inflammatory. Like a lot of people don't know, CBD has five times the anti-inflammatory properties of Tylenol or ibuprofen, but no side effects and it doesn't kill your liver. So, <laughs> so where? <laughs> here's a loaded question. <laughs> Shoot it. Where? Where does the conspiracy theory lie? Because what? Like, hmm. question authority. Why? Why were we, were we ever told that it was a bad substance? That it was illegal? That it was harmful? Politics. Right. And and so the the problem that I have and this is a diatribe, right? But like the problem that I have is, is right before COVID happened, um, at least in the United States, we mm-hmm. were starting to shine a whole hell of a lot of light on the opioid crisis here. Yeah. And and you talked about, um, you know, having that pipe hit your back and, and yeah. being prescribed pharmaceutical yeah. drugs, yeah. which is, you know, it exists like it does here in America because of our capitalist in, um, economy. Yeah. And something as humble as a plant, thank you, uh, something as humble as a plant has been demonized mm-hmm. and passed down generationally as something that you can't touch or shouldn't touch or it's bad. Mm-hmm. And it has all these healing properties and it's much safer, and, and this is a question, you would agree, right, I assume, than, than these Opioids, absolutely, tenfold, hundredfold. So, is it is it just our own plausible deniability, our own investment into capitalist economy that we would rather see the pharmaceutical industry thrive because it's making millionaires, billionaires, and and another vertically integrated business? Or like like why why aren't we saying, hey, there's something to this? It's new industry. Let's invest into it and run you know so so you're seeing both of that right now you're seeing the suits starting to realize the money and they are starting to buy up so they are trying to get into it do you have all these big corporations like canopy growth um uh you know there's a lot of corporations here in here in gainesville here in florida that own dispensaries that are not none of them are actually from florida (laughs) so you have all these huge corporations that are seeing what's happening in Colorado, are seeing what's happening in California, and are seeing all the money being made off of this by the little guys who are risking their necks and their backs to do it. And they say, hey, we're gonna come in and we're gonna buy all you guys out and we're gonna keep all the money for ourselves. So you're seeing that, and then you're also seeing the uh, the prohibition, the, the ever-lingering prohibition to cannabis that will just not go away. <laughs> um, and that is basically, in my opinion, stems from nothing but brainwashed uh, individuals who grew up in that era, um, the mad, the reefer madness era, you know, they made movies about it. They made commercials about it. You know, um, it was, I don't know if y'all know this, but you know, basically it was all DuPont and plastics basically teamed up with a gentleman named Henry Anslinger back in the fifties to create all of this propaganda and everything because they knew that hemp and hemp plastics would put them out of business. So 
they say, oh, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna make you think that if you smoke weed that the Mexicans and the blacks are gonna come rape your wives. And that then, then it turned into a racist thing. And that only the Mexicans and the blacks were 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 uh, were smoking cannabis, mm-hmm. and that and and that the jazz musicians were smoking cannabis, and they would come and rape your wives and take them home with them, and you know, um, and and. And then all it was was propaganda. It was complete lies. And that's where it started. And you had like 10 or 15 years of that nonstop. And people like my um, my grandma who just passed away was in the, she was just starting. Like my grandma was uh, 85 and she was just starting to use my CBD oil just starting to experiment with because of the way she was taught the way and she was a nurse you know and so back then you know strictly western medicine absolutely no to cannabis because that was also a threat to the western medicine and the pharmaceutical company so it was a threat to the pharmaceutical company it was a threat to the dupont plastics and so they decided how are we going to deal with this well we're going to make a bunch of propaganda films and make everybody believe that it's evil and that's where we are today and we still 60 something years later have lingering prohibition. We still have people that think if you smoke weed, you're gonna go crazy, which is crazy. So, you know what I mean? Um, and that's the main thing we do at Swamp City, man, is, is it's not about selling you CBD. It's not about selling you a beer. It's not about, you know, it's about having a good time. But while we're having a good time, I wanna educate you. I wanna, I wanna educate you on what CBD is. I wanna educate you on why we're all here. Tyler, obviously a lot of this comes from, I mean, the things we were talking about, I mean, even just say weed, right? Like, yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of it just comes from the fact that people abuse it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, right? so, like, so, I mean, is so that, I mean, is that it? Like, anything people, to an extreme is a bad thing. Right. You know what I mean? So, so there is those stereotypical potheads that are not a good look for our industry, you know what I mean? And, and there is, there has been, you know, with the whole hippie movement and everything, I think, you know, it, it kind of made a little dent on the, on the uh, cannabis movement. And, and there are certain things out there that definitely don't look good for the industry. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there. You know, to answer your question, yes, there absolutely has been people out there who have uh, made a bad mark or a black mark on the cannabis industry. So it sets us back as the industry as a whole. Like we're trying to progress this thing and be a legit industry. You know, um, maybe one day we'll be able to use the banks. Um, you know what I mean? Be a legit industry and be recognized as such. But when you have things, what like what does that, that mean for you? What does being a legit industry mean for you? Um, honestly, being recognized by the, you know, by the federal government, being able to use the federal banking system, stuff like that. You know, being on an on a federal level. When I say that, is, is basically what I'm talking about. My problem is, what do you think this podcast would look like if? We were all sitting here smoking joints. It look amazing. I mean, I saw, <laughs> like, like, I saw like Elon in, Musk in do it right, on, like on Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe like, Rogan. Everybody thinks about it. Right? I mean. but, like, uh, but like, if we were doing that, like, that has a certain perception, right? And, and a certain perception that I'm sure you we, we would want to shy away from because of, of what it looks like to, mm-hmm. to our audience or to our parents or to anything like that, right? Yeah. So why is this okay? Ding, 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 ding. That's my question. I hate the hypocrisy and stuff. Because like it was that. never demonized. Well, it was right, demonized it was. at one point, but not to the extent. But, and it's, but there's no problem. We've decided that that's for everybody okay. who's listening. Please explain. I have this wonderful Goose IPA uh, <laughs> out of uh, Chicago. Illinois. So much of our audience listens, they don't watch the show. Oh, okay. So you got to like explain yeah. it. That's, yeah. that's true. Um, I always forget about Mike that little detail. Mike picked up a beer can. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> so, why so is this okay? We, we occasionally, uh, you know, drink on this podcast, have a good time, loosen up. It's after hours. It's right now. We're recording. It's nine fifteen p.m. Um, we've had we've had some nice scotches, open cheers. bars. Yeah, cheers, exactly. See, I didn't know there was scotch. <laughs> Dude, look like <laughs> I said no to beer because I serve beer at my shop. Sure. I get sick of beer. Right. <laughs> so. But but we've accepted one and we demonize another. And and I asked the question why, other than the but fact maybe that it's, it's illegal. But, but like, isn't it doesn't that vary by person? Yeah, some, people are gonna look, some people are going to look at alcohol and they're going to say like so when I look like, but I don't, not to I, don't the, I don't smoke weed but I'm not yeah, necessarily but like, not oh, to the not like to the dramatic like like in his defense the the crowd that's going to look at alcohol and say oh that's bad is like this it's smaller compared than the to the, that look like, at cannabis and they're like oh my god you're a pothead you know and uh so you're saying that that's because of the perception that's been created been, up to yeah, this point? Yeah, it's been perpetuated. So I mean, let's say let's say cannabis legalizes across America. 
Uh, mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, then that changes, right? Because then is it like alcohol at that point? Well, it changes and, and it'll definitely change. So it's just like with anything. I mean, I hate to say it, but with the ones that are, are completely set in their ways and that, that have no, um, that will not open their eyes to the science or change their ways or, or learn new things will eventually die off and things will change. And that's, you know, what we kind of seen right now with our government and stuff like that. We've got, you know, and that's the reason it's not legalized on a federal level is we've got 70 and 80 year olds running our country who grew up in the reefer madness era. Right. So. At what point does the industry do it to themselves? And, and what I mean, where I'm going with this is kind of like, you know, you see like cannabis gummies mm -hmm. like like it's almost like they're trying to gamify it in a way or like it's like cool to get high you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. oh that, that would be like that would be like the alcohol and going back to the alcohol industry be like the alcohol industry being like, yo it's cool to get hammered yeah yeah right i mean that's kind of the way I, i'm just well i'm having I'm a very like, transparent conversation yeah, here. yeah absolutely that's the way it it could appear mm -hmm. to somebody mm -hmm. is that you're kind of gamifying weed and it's cool to like eat these gummies and get high yeah just like yeah. menthol cigarettes so or like, flavored vapes or candy cigarettes or anything like that that people fear are like marketing to kids right right like, and there is a, I agree with that. And you know, if you're marketing like with the packaging and stuff like that, you shouldn't be specifically marketing to kids. You shouldn't be putting it on, you know, candy packages that are specifically marketed to kids. I, I agree with that in mm -hmm. some extent, but at the same time, it is a lifestyle and there is people out there that love their gummies. And I'm not saying the packaging sh shouldn't be directed towards kids, shouldn't be full of colors and all this right. and that, but there is a need for weed gummies <laughs> out there. I'll just say that, but um, actually- what is, what is that need? So CBD, actually our CBD gummies at the shop is one of our top sellers. And people, because it's easy, it tastes good. Um, they don't have to drip an oil under their tongue. Um, it's something that's discreet. So if they eat a gummy, um, you know, at work or wherever, or you know, if they're feeling stressed out and they can eat a gummy, it's not like I have to step outside and hit a vape pen. I can just eat a gummy. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just trying to bring a, a great show, right? I, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, to have conversations that I normally wouldn't have. Yeah. And, you know what That's I mean? That's what I'm and, here for. Yeah. And, and like, it's, I mean, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. I'm super interested to kind of see what our audience thinks about it and, and you know, the different perceptions. I love, I love to dive into the different perceptions. One of the things that I think I've gotten a lot better at over the years is definitely placing myself in the shoes of other people and trying to look at it from their yeah, viewpoint absolutely. and try, you know, trying to understand there's so much happening in our world right now. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, man. I mean, hell, you don't even have to talk about weed. You you talk about COVID, right? Yeah. Like mask, no mask. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, like there's so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so it, I just try to like put myself in the shoes of others. And, and I love having conversations exactly like this one because I just want to get further educated. I want to understand deeper. Right. I, I'm super interested to know, going back to seventh grade, yeah. like, where did you even know of cannabis? So like, believe it or not, it was in my, it, I, it was in my uh, science book. Um, it was in your science book? Yeah, it was book. in my science okay. book. Um, we were studying, um, uh, it was biology, um, and uh, we were studying, um, it was basically, it was a section with plants, and I opened it up, and there was a, a, a weed leaf, and you know, it talked about, briefly, maybe two paragraphs about cannabis, and about how you know there had been um, medicinal uses throughout history, such and such. And uh, that was basically where I was like, you know what? That's what I'm gonna do. And Did you know that it was related to, you know, getting high, the weed, pot? The, like so by middle time? school, yeah, absolutely, I okay. did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, cool. That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wanted yeah, to know. Yeah. Hold on, I got a contact that's going. I'm what, so to ask what, did, what did your parents, I mean, when you told your parents you want to do your science uh, project on this, what did they think? So. What uh, do they think now? I, I mean, they 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 both support me. Okay. You know, um, uh, my mom was was and and is a cannabis user. Um, my dad as well. 
Um, but it wasn't, like I said, again, it wasn't anything I grew up in the house with. You know, my, my parents weren't supportive of it. I did, they didn't smoke around me or anything like that. It wasn't like I grew up and it was just there. Um, but I did start, you know, experimenting with friends at an early age, you know, 12, 13, and, you know, smoking around. And, uh, and you know, so I already knew about it at that age. And then um, when my mom, you know, came to the PTA meeting and, you know, obviously I had told her what I was going to do the uh report on and at first she was like you know you think that's a great idea <laughs> and um i was like well you know I, in middle school i was kind of a rebel i just didn't really want to be there middle school was kind of in between i loved uh, i loved elementary and then middle school was like uh, and then you know high school was fun but uh um but yeah, it, she was uh, she was supportive of it, and because I got a B plus, she was even more supportive of it because I did a good job. How, how were you in science class besides this project? I was pretty good. I love okay. science. Yeah, I lo- I always love science. I was pretty good in science. Okay, so. and if you're like a, a CD student and then like you got to do the the cannabis project, and suddenly you're B plus. <laughs> So yeah, it was, um, and you know, and my, uh, so going back, I actually forgot to bring this up, but I would have never been born if it wasn't for Gainesville Green. No, that's a story. Yeah, let me, I, I, uh, I can t- I, I can, it's a real story, it's like two minutes. So basically my dad was born in New York, um, lived up there, went to an all Catholic boys school, um, and continuously was getting in trouble at the all Catholic boys school, got time to go to college. And basically the, uh, uh, the priest there was like, what do I gotta do to get you to go somewhere else? I mean, he was still, he did, he did good. He got good grades, you know, all that. But he was like, he's like, you should go somewhere else for college. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, my dad uh, was reading a 1969 Playboy issue. Um, and it was talking about uh, University of Florida and the uh, uh, the women of University of Florida. And it was talking about the dorm rooms and the partying and everything. And it mentioned they had the best cannabis or best weed down in Gainesville, Gainesville Green. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna go to UF. <laughs> and so he moved all the way down here, came here in uh, 72. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, a few years later, I was born in 87. I think him and my mom met in the eighties. Um, but uh, it was, um, you know, he would have never been here, would have never came down here if it wasn't for the Gainesville Green strain. And that's why he moved down here to go to UF. And then next thing you know, I, I happened. So, <laughs> so, so I, and he actually, I found this out like a year and a half ago when I was doing one of these interviews. And then I like called and was talking to my dad. And he's like, you know what? You never would have happened if it wasn't for Gainesville Green and that 1969 Playboy issue. So I went on eBay and bought the issue. I have it at home. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying, it's funny how he spent that story because I would have been like, hey, I wasn't born if it wasn't for Playboy. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's 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 been uh, it's been wrapped up in, in in my history. I mean, like I said, my mom and dad were you know was a. They, they were cannabis users and still are. and uh, But it was never anything that was like pushed on me or anything. I just naturally fell into it. So talk. <laughs> Tell me what you want to know. I mean, uh, how's Gainesville been with this? How receptive have they been? When you go to the city of Gainesville, you're yeah. like, I want to start the swamp city gallery lounge like i mean what was that like so (laughs) i didn't tell him it was going to be cbd right off the rip you know obviously i was like feeling them out but gainesville's been super supportive man our officials um our uh city officials we actually just got um you know signed off on our uh our final inspection today for the new location. We've got a huge new location. Where's this at? 716 North Main Street, right right on the corner of 8th Ave and Main Street. So right there where the old Walker Furniture Buildings used to be. Okay. Yep, we're, we're right there in the big uh, 4,000 square feet building. We've got a huge bar area, big courtyard out back, galleries, is this open now or when's it yeah, open? Yeah, it's open now. Oh, right, yeah, cool. Yeah, so we just, you know, we're, we're moving up and expanding. Um, we're right off Main Street. We're not h- hidden back in the little cove behind the St. Francis house anymore. So, okay. um, but, uh, you know, it's... it's they they were super um, open to the to the idea and to 
needless to say, um, when we did our grand opening, we made the front page in the Gainesville Sun. And it was like Gainesville Sun was like, it said right across the big thing. And I was like, I, we've got it plaqued and, you know, while at the shop, but it says, uh, um, CBD lounge and CBD dab bar opens in Gainesville, but basically it was just like CBD dabs and all <laughs> and all bold print on the front uh, page of the Gainesville Sun. And I was like, we've made it. <laughs> like so, but uh, but yeah, I mean, as a whole, Gainesville is a pretty green dot in North Florida. Um, I don't know if you know, but we have more dispensaries now in the city of Gainesville than any other city in in the state. There's a big one, I think, out. Oh yeah, towards the last. Yeah, the grow. Yeah, that's Liberty Health's grow. Um, Liberty Health Sciences, which is uh, um, they uh, they have they bought out Chestnut Hill Tree Farm, and now they're they're growing out there in Alachua. Yeah. Okay. So Gainesville's been pretty receptive. What do you think, people? Like when people first hear of your business, mm-hmm. what's their first? Like, um, so it depends on if I hit them with the Swamp City Glass Gallery or if I hit them with the Swamp City CBD Lounge. If I hit them with the Swamp City CBD Lounge, you can definitely tell. People. How do you normally present it first? So if I'm <laughs> if if I'm if I'm in a uh, um, if I get the vibe that somebody might have preconceived notions about cannabis, I'm gonna hit them with the Glass Gallery and kind of ease them into it. Okay, you know what I mean. But um, but generally, it's it's Swamp City CBD Lounge and, ga- and Glass Gallery, and you know I, I like to. You know, for the first uh, while, I was trying to be super um, not bla- not blatant about everything. I was trying to be, you know, a little hush hush and not put it in people's face so much. But you know, now you know we've got we've got a reputation here in the town. We've got a huge following in Gainesville, and um, I'm I'm pretty blunt, you know, about what we do and how we do it, and um, and I don't have any regrets about that at all. Are people quick to judge? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we uh, we educate people daily who walk in the shop because they think it's something else, and then they they and when you tell them what it really is, a CBD lounge. They're like, oh, they want to turn around and walk away, and you say, hey, come here, let me talk to you, let me let me educate you. Do you know what CBD is? What do you think it is? Well, this is what it really is, and then nine times out of 10, they end up hanging out, buying a CBD pre-roll or getting some CBD oil or CBD gummies to try it out. I mean, that's not our goal. It's awesome if we make a sale, but our goal is to educate. And, um, and you know, do I, I, the lingering prohibition has been ever so real. We're going to make a short film one day about all the crap that we've dealt with about, you know, opening up, getting our permits, um, uh, payment processors, you know, so like Clover Square, all that stuff. We're on our fifth one now because of CBD. Yeah. They just, you know, they find out you're selling CBD and they you know, quote like unquote out? don't approve and they shut you off overnight really? without even warning you. So like, and a lot of times they do it on Friday when your your biggest days are the weekends, especially if you own a bar and lounge, right? So they shut you off Friday night with no avail and you got and you lose money all weekend. That's happened. Why? To, uh, CBD either. C- I'm, I'm like, I get that, but like, why would they care? Because they it's against their company they're... policy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, some of them will allow CBD, but they won't allow the pipe that you smoke the CBD out of. And it's like, okay, they're like, you could sell pipes, but you can't sell CBD, or you can sell CBD, but you can't sell pipes. So, you know, we've dealt with that. You know, right and left, we deal with uh, w- with you know, people who have preconceived notions or think they know what it is. And, and, uh, you know, there's prohibition is very real and still around today. And we deal with it all the time. And, you know, when we go to do, we're looking at expanding right now, we're looking at expanding into Jacksonville and Miami. And, um, when we call around, it's like 50, 50, you know, if we, t- when, you know, cause if I'm looking for a space, I'm gonna tell you CBD lounge right off top. Cause I just, I don't want to get into a space and then have to deal with something. Um, and half of them are like, okay, well you have a great day. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> you know, they don't even want to give me the uh, time of their day. So. <laughs> no, I mean, I could, yeah. my problem is the, the more I open my mouth, the more I fear it'll get like political. And, and so I'm going to try not to do that, but also kind of get my questions to the point. Cause I think a lot of people might have, you know, some of the same curiosities that I do. Um, it, one of the things that just, I mean, it, it it fires me up is just hypocrisy in general. And that's why I think this topic really kind of resonates with me because I see a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could talk about a ton of different topics of how that comes into fruition. One of them, I'm, I'm curious, especially going out to California and not to say that couldn't happen anywhere, but like you talk about 
strains and mm-hmm. how um, you know certain strains are bred together. Mm-hmm. Is there a non-GMO movement of cannabis? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's your your craft cannabis movement, um, and it's uh, basically fully organic soil, living soil, using um, pesticides, not using bottled nutrients, not using anything man-made, and you know creating that. Um, true cultivar offer old school breeding techniques um, and uh, and creating the best craft grade cannabis you can and it's just like with craft beer all right see i i'm a believer that if you eat corn then you eat gmos because corn as we eat it doesn't oh yeah exist. it's like the that, corn, that, that's something that was the old school corn doesn't yet. even exist anymore. and so yeah. I, i'm just thinking about I love like corn like i said especially back in, in <laughs> california where it's like the hypocrisy of somebody that you know adheres to a strict non-gmo diet but then goes and gets some like you know bread mm-hmm. you know hybrid hybrid plant uh for yeah. their you know marijuana needs and i'm just like hmm you don't really know what you think what you think you know yeah and i mean there's a dis- there's a difference you know hybrid is is basically just you know a uh, a combination of sativa and indica you know two different varieties and that can still be craft grade and that can still be done correct but what you're seeing is commercial cannabis is starting to show its ugly um it's whatever you want to call it but but you have these people out there these big companies that have no quality control because they're trying to mass produce cannabis and so they're just filling warehouses full and then you get this stuff that has been fed unnatural nutrients has been pumped full of salts and phosphorus and um and it hasn't been flushed properly and then you smoke it and you're smoking those those nutrients that were put into the plant. So commercial cannabis that doesn't have proper quality control is definitely a problem and is an issue. And then those those items, what you said, um, what was those two words? One started with an S and one started with an I. It's like the-, the Sativa and indica. Right, is that, yeah. that's like your your mellow feeling and your high feeling. Yeah, right? so you have like a, a, a cerebral uh, one that's more cerebral, it's more head high, so that's like your sativa, basically more ener- energetic, um, more thinking, to help you go about your day. And then you have the indica, which a lot of people refer as indicouch. So indica, <laughs> right. indicouch is basically body high, s- s- at the end of the day, relax, go to sleep. You know, after dinner, you just want to you just want to relax and go to sleep. That's what the indicas are for. And and what what component makes you really freaking paranoid? So the high THC in sativas has a very uh, very um, good tendency to make you paranoid. So high THC content in sativas will make you overthink and become paranoid. Definitely. Okay, I was asking that one for a friend. Um, <laughs> so one of the other interesting things that I think is a huge component of this like there's two big areas for me that the opioid crisis we kind of touched on and the Mm -hmm. other is and and I'll ask it kind of kind of bluntly but like if if it was made if cannabis was made legal federally across the board tomorrow Mm -hmm. what happens to the people that have been incarcerated on possession charges and Mm. and the like dang that's a good question yeah that's a deep question man well hopefully that's why you should listen to this podcast for questions like that. <laughs> that's that's a real good question. Hopefully question. they would be released. I mean, we're we're sitting here. Um, so basically, there's a saying, there's a meme going around in the cannabis industry right now. It says, when the cannabis store looks like an Apple store, it's time for people to get out of prison for small time cannabis possessions. Amen. So um, when you're when you have um, huge corporate enti- entities making millions and billions of dollars off of this thing that you have people serving 20 years for like two grams a pot life for like an ounce like you know what I mean like you have destroyed umpteen thousand peoples of life millions probably of lives and over a thing that we're all you know starting to celebrate but they're getting forgotten. Do definitely. we know what happened in the states where it became legal? Some states, like in Co- so Colorado, yeah. right? Yeah, Colorado, so, it's legal so, to smoke weed. Yeah, and some states have I started have to doing assume that. that they put people away for. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what happened to those people? So there's know? certain states have started uh, retroactively going back and clearing small time um, cannabis possession or cannabis charges. Absolutely, the um, uh, Washington has started doing so. Um, uh, I don't know if Oklahoma is. Oklahoma just started doing it. California has talked about what doing it. What states is it legal? Oh man, it's, dude! It's so it's like it's it's almost it's like thirty. Yeah, so you have medical and then you have recreational, but it's over half of the states are either medical or recreational or some 
Com- Do you have any idea how many are recreational? Not off the top it's of my head. Be, it's smaller. Uh, yeah, it's like, I want to say between 10 and 15. Okay. So, um, but... Uh, Do you think that that's going to change? Do you think... If you had a guess, if you had mm-hmm. to like pull out your crystal ball yeah. right now, all right, Colin, I'm looking into the future. Got my crystal ball. Is this is it legal across the country? I say within the next five years, it'll be federally legal. Okay. Yeah, I, I think two is pushing it. What's today's date? <laughs> I just want to mark this. Right. I just want to know yeah, if you're right. Yeah, we're gonna go yeah. back. We're gonna have you back in five years. Let's for do follow. it. Let's do it. Hopefully, I'll have like 50 <laughs> locations by uh, then. <laughs> um, but but yeah, um, if. Uh, uh, I think, you know, we got close and there has been bills that have been passed through like our Senate and our house talking about legalization and stuff. And most of them get shot down. Um, but, uh, you know, a big one was like the federal banking bill where they're trying to get access for all these dispensaries to use the banking system legally. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think in the next five years, man, we'll see it. Obviously, it depends on what happens in Washington. Um, you know, which we are not going to go there because I don't want to go down a political wormhole right now. But um, but but uh, um, it depends on what happens in Washington. But I'm pretty confident within the next five years, you'll see federal legalization. I think it's interesting because there's a lot of high profile, high ranking people that probably even vote against it that consume it. Oh yeah, closet and, smokers, absolutely. Yeah, and and it just kind of blows my mind. I mean, we've been talking about how taboo it is for, for forever, but like uh, Bill Clinton's rock the vote, I didn't inhale speech. I mean, I'm old enough to remember that and how crazy that was yeah. about President outwardly talking about an experience he had with ca- uh, cannabis. Is he presidential material? You know, this mm-hmm. is a whole thing. Yeah. And, I think everybody that's been elected since then has probably had their fair share. Oh, yeah, they're, they're not strangers to. Oh know. yeah, absolutely. So it's yeah. like why? And if Elon Musk can go on a, a podcast and it's and, legal there. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm just saying. But like, why, so why do we it's continue? Like, yeah. I remember he was like said yeah. on the podcast, it's legal here, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So but why, but why do we that, that doesn't mean he didn't get a bunch of backlash because he did. So yeah, absolutely. Were, Absolutely. So, and then, you know, there was like people like he got corporate backlash, you know, from his company, you know, all kinds of things. So, you know, it's, um, but still, Tesla stock is doing phenomenal right right now, though. But it's still because of, but because of why though? Because, because somebody somewhere said that it was because of DuPont, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because some guy, some old guy somewhere was like, no devil's lettuce. Like, right. you know what I mean? That's and, and that's honestly what it boils down to, because I'm going to sit here and tell you right now that if if we let it and this is a quote, I said this a, a year ago when I was being interviewed and I did not know Jack Harar said this quote, but I, I will give him credit to this quote now. But if we let cannabis, it will save the world. And I'm not like outlandish when I say that. But when you look at what's going on right now with hemp Crete mm-hmm. and uh, hemp plastics and uh, hemp ethanol and uh, hemp can save us from our fossil fuel dependency and and uh, potentially reverse global warming. So, you know, there's there's like huge things. It's not just about smoking weed anymore. You know, it's not just about getting high in your basement anymore. Uh, so my question is, if people didn't abuse it and get high, would we be on that path? No, I, I, I don't think we would be on that path yet because uh, the... Um, the prohibition and the reefer madness would have still happened. You know what I mean? It would have still happened because it wasn't about getting high. It was just about politics. Everybody was getting high back then. You know, they were still getting high, but they were getting high off of different stuff. You know, it wasn't, it's never been about getting high in my opinion. It's been about politics and control and you know, because there's plenty of things out there you can get high. I mean, I could go, you could go lick a toad right now and get blasted out of your mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that might be one of my favorite sound bites on this episode. <laughs> so you know what I mean? There's there's plenty of ways to get high. I don't think it's ever been about getting high. You can run cars off of ethanol yeah. and people abuse it every day. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, I, I, you I know. still, I, I I find that kind of hypocrisy absolutely absurd. That that it, it to me it's the same. It, it's, yeah. it's if you can if people abuse alcohol, you get behind a wheel and it's and it's a one of the worst things you can do as a human is you know operate a machine that that you're you know incapacitated to drive right yeah but but we do it and we, and we handle it we handle it different ways like yeah. the the person that's addicted to opioids we say oh that's a disease but the person that abuses 
marijuana is oh that's a low life yeah he's a pothead he's yeah. a stoner yeah and, absolutely. and we we stigmatize this in different ways and i, I just i don't understand it the, you know? the greatest hypocrisy of it all to me is that you have like these people that are like you know no cannabis but they're sitting there holding his annex bottle no cannabis but they're clutching antidepressants no cannabis but they go home and they take a couple shots of scotch every night right. and pop a xanax and go to sleep well, you know, that Xanax and that scotch over 40 years is gonna kill you, but cannabis won't. I'll even take it one, <laughs> one step further from a behavioral standpoint, and I'll be real real for a second. Um, when my brother got uh, his second DUI, uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, driving under the influence of alcohol, it was a real eye-opener for me. And the reason why was not my relationship with alcohol, but it was like, what, what reckless behaviors do I, do, do I have? Mm-hmm. And for uh, the next six months, as he was going through that situation, I looked real hard at something as simple as my texting and driving. Yeah. Because yeah. I looked at it as, wow, I am, I am more reckless continuously every time mm-hmm. I get behind a wheel because I've got this thing in my hand than the couple times that somebody maybe didn't gauge whether they were safe enough to drive. And this is something that we do soberly every day. Yeah, yeah. And that opened my eyes mm-hmm. much more than the fact that like, you know, oh, you're a little buzzed and, and you know, I don't mean to underplay, but like, are you a little buzzed and maybe not making the best decisions or, or is yeah. that like how we stigmatize that? Yeah. There, there's things that we do soberly, behaviorally, that we joke about or kid. Oh, you shouldn't. It's socially accepted. Yeah, yeah. But, we, but we accept it. Yeah. Even if we accept it with a, a little bit of cringe, we accept it mm-hmm. versus something that's really shown no. I mean, it Ill doesn't effects. mean it's okay though. No, it doesn't. But but when you yeah. compare it to marijuana, there's really shown no ill effects. It's not shown behavioral yeah. dependency. It's not shown a, addiction. It's not shown anything other than the stigmas that we've adopted yeah. because they've been passed down generationally. Yeah. So so where did that start? Dupont. Yeah. DuPont. Screw Dupont. And, and, no, I don't know. I never well, heard that well, before. Yeah, like, I, I don't know the history. The, so the guy right. that orchestrated all of it was Henry Anslinger, and he was the one that teamed up with Dupont and other people. Did you know Henry Ford made a hemp? car i know i'm just like bouncing around here but back then uh henry ford made a completely hemp plastic uh car and that thing was uh basically hidden from everybody because of dupont and the plastics and fiberglass and everything they didn't want anybody to know about that so that car that henry ford built out of completely hemp plastics back in the 50s or 40s was completely hidden and just now in the last 10 or 15 years you're seeing videos and like old archives about this this hemp car that Henry Ford built that was buried because they didn't want anybody to know about it, about the possibilities that hemp could, could bring. Sound like a conspiracy theory? Buy it. I don't know. Google yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, it's just so interesting because like mm-hmm. I hear you talking about the opioids and like all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, okay, like, like I hear what you're saying, but all right. So take, take cannabis mm-hmm. like where where did it start going down this path yeah right like yeah. where because obviously there was things that happened throughout the course of history that led mm-hmm. it to where it's at right yeah. and and so it's just i mean i i, I find it fascinating yeah, i find yeah. it fascinating historically like, is it i mean obviously it, it's it's everywhere in the world and and i think of like amsterdam is one of the the places most people think of but is it predominantly an american thing or like where where did yeah the the the, the prohibition is definitely predominantly american thing now there is a, some like big prohibitions in like middle eastern like uh not middle eastern but like um you know like asia and stuff like that like uh um the asian kind of like Japan, you know, Tokyo, places like that have really strict cannabis laws. And I don't, you know, pretend to know where those stem from, but I know a majority of our, of the globe, you know, has been using cannabis in medicinal and ritualistic fashions since we can trace back in history books. I was going to say, can we trace back to the first time someone said, hey, there might be something to this plant, whether whether recreationally or medicinally, like mm-hmm. where someone said, hey, there's value here. Do we know when in the... They found uh, they, they, they found remnants um, in in tombs, in mummies of, of cannabis that was that was basically mummified and, and in the tombs they found cannabis back then that was being used. So obviously it's been being used for medicinal and ritualistic purposes since before we were ever even thought of you know and it's uh um it's just something that you know uh due to prohibition and a couple men teaming together to demonize something you know it 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 took this wild and crazy path through history and you know it's 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 a 
it's it's crazy to think that you know back in the 40s and in the 30s and the 50s did you know that like our one of our bills like i think it's the it was either the five dollar ten dollar bill like had um uh hemp farmers on it uh, George Washington was a hemp farmer. You used to have to pay your taxes and like you had, you had to farm hemp. You know what I mean? So like this was part of our country, part of our culture. And then all of a sudden it was demonized and whew, wiped from wiped from everybody. And what's crazy about like one of my, uh, my general manager at the shop, um, he's another huge advocate for cannabis, um, Tony. And he is the one that informed me about, uh, he was a nurse in the nursing system and stuff like that. And he informed me of, um, the increase in non-developmental diseases in in, in the U.S. Um, like that we've seen in a hike in the past like 30, 40 years. And he's a huge believer. And it makes sense that back then in the 30s and 40s, all of our uh, food that we eat was fed hemp. Like so you everybody farmed hemp and all the stalks and all the leaves were given to cattle or pigs or whatever. And they were fed hemp and byproducts. So we had cannabinoids, natural occurring cannabinoids in all of our food and all of our grains and everything that we were eating. And when that was taken from us, that was all, they also took a, um, basically a weapon in our bodies to fight um, non-developmental diseases or disease as a whole. And so after, after that was taken from our diet and our society, you see over the next 40 years, disease and everything went rampant. And, you know, there's a direct correlation there. That's all I'm going to say. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been fascinating, man. It's been super educational. Uh, like I'm not, I'm not one. You know, this was great about having the show. I'm not one to say whether it's right, wrong, yeah, whatever. I, like I wanted to have the conversation, and yeah. I wanted. <laughs> Especially after our last, you know, our last episode. Yeah, it's so funny. Like just having a mix of episodes mm-hmm. and and guests and just diving into a variety of topics. I was like, you know, bottom line is for me, I'm like Tyler has a business here in Gainesville, Florida. Mm-hmm. I want to hear about it. <laughs> and awesome. and I want to hear about like, I, I want to hear your thoughts on everything. And so this is, I don't know. It's in it, an alternate reality. We would have had Tyler first had samples and then we would have done the episode with Lauren <laughs> and it would have got real deep. So y'all going to have to come on our podcast <laughs> one day. We're going to, we're going to do, we're doing one called the ground table instead of the round table. Beautiful. Okay. And basically we sit around and smoke and talk about stuff. So, <laughs> so but yeah, y'all going to have to come on our podcast one day, but, but yeah, man, I mean, I could talk about the history of cannabis and everything forever. And, and, but you know, um, main thing I was going to say is if anybody out there is curious about it, come down to the shop. Let yeah, so us, where, tell them where they can yeah, find you, where yeah. they can connect with you guys. Yeah. 716 North Main Street. That's our physical location. Um, we're right on the corner of 8th Ave and North Main Street. You can't miss it. Huge glass windows. We got we just got our signage put up out front. We've got a dedicated parking lot in the back. Um, uh, Swamp City, at Swamp City Gallery Lounge on Facebook or Instagram. It's the same tag. Um, and uh, SwampCityGalleryLounge.com is our website. We've got our uh, um, new store just got put up on there. So so if you know in light of covid and everything going on if you're not comfortable coming into the store even though i assure you we are practicing safe practices everybody all the employees are wearing masks we've got sanitizer stations all over the place we were lucky not to be shut down and we were deemed essential because of the uh um cbd aspect of it we had to close down the bar area but um but yeah i mean we've been lucky to stay open through this whole thing the city's been working with us we you know it's been great um but uh but yeah if somebody's not wanting to come in and do physical interaction they can go onto our website check out all of our products we have an online gallery for our art um and then uh hopefully here soon we'll be starting up our live uh music we usually do live music bands uh acoustics, jazz, two-piece bands, stuff like that. So, you know, we'll be starting those up hopefully when things get back to somewhat normal. Beautiful. Cool, man. Can't wait for the next five years. Yeah. We'll be back in five years to see where things are at. 2025. Yeah, so, I mean, anybody out there who's in it, if you're into art, glass, um, canvas art, um, CBD, music, um, anything in between, come by the shop. You know, I, my uh, my glass manager Javier, he'll he's he could sell if he could sell a uh, fish some water. I swear to God, so <laughs> he, he, um, he kills it on the glass game. He, I mean, uh, you, you'd be you'd be shocked to learn. You know what some of these glass pieces are going for. You know, um, 
Javi just sold uh, over seven thousand dollars worth of glass art this past weekend. Wow. We, we've got we've got a single pipe in our shop that's twenty thousand dollars. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, but we've got stuff for eighty dollars too, you know. Not, a, you know. So we've got stuff for every for every budget. But uh, you know, we uh, we kind of pride ourselves on having all American made art um, by artists that we know personally. Is it from all over the place? Yeah, it's all over. It's all, all over the U.S. A lot of it is from Florida. We we try and carry more Florida art than anything. Um, the same with our beer and our wine. You know, we carry swamps, uh, swamp head, um, first magnitude, Cypress and Grove, and then when we're talking about wine, we carry Island Grove wine, which is out in Hawthorne. So we try and stick as local as possible. But with the art, we do branch out to the nation. But we try and keep everything U.S. based. So what makes a twenty thousand dollar piece of glass? A lot of time and a lot of uh, um, different artists collaborating on it. It's just like with any um, canvas art. So if you got a Picasso or if you've got a you know Salvador Dali or something like that, that's going to be way more than you know somebody else who did the same. Even though it's the same thing, right. it could be the same thing. But because that artist is well known for that piece and for that sculpture and what he does, that brings a lot more money. And it's just like with the canvas art. It's it's, it's the same thing. And there's actually a lot more entailed to with glass because you think you're working with essentially molten lava or molten glass in order to shape it. So it takes it takes a lot of skill and a lot of time. It's cool. Tyler, this has been fascinating, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming yeah, on man. the show. I mean, I, I, I could talk. I, I could talk forever. Yeah, but if you want to hear any more, just come by the show. I had, I had a good time. <laughs> I enjoyed you know learning more about it, and I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Uh, I'm really interested to know what you guys think about it. So, listening audience, everybody, like definitely hit us up. Drop us a note. Uh, find us on Facebook, Instagram at W H O A G N V. Uh, or sorry, on Facebook it's W H O A G N V podcast. Um, but find us. Drop Mike and I a note. Let us know what yeah, you think. Yeah, love to know what you think. And Am I off base? Is Colin off base? Does one of us need to like get with the times? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you never know. Yeah. Um, Tyler, thanks again, man. Absolutely, man. This Thank you for having me. The WHOA GNV Podcast. The podcast bring you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Give us your best whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at her. Sorry. <laughs> we'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>